last message of our Define It series, and this is, to me, one of the most pivotal messages that I'll ever preach, and that we preach um, uh, probably about every year, year and a half, because we want the church to know what we stand on concerning this certain topic. And so as we get into that in just a little bit, as you're turning to John chapter 14, we know that this whole theme of the year is called planted. And we want you to be planted here with us. As we just said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And we want you to develop fruit where you are and roots to where you're growing. You know, you never find a tree that's in a pot that is truly planted. It's not truly planted till it puts its roots down deep into the ground. And so we want you to start um, having fruit immediately in your life, the fruit of the Spirit. And we want you to start developing roots, though, because we know God is not finished with your life yet. And so as you're being planted with us, here's three challenges for the year. We want you to attend three Sunday morning worship services a month. We want you to attend three Sunday morning worship services every month. We also want you to talk about what God is doing in your life. And we also want you to literally jump into everything that God is calling you to do here at TWBC from your time and your ability to talk about it and also your tithes and your offerings as you get planted. And so as you're being planted here with us, we know that God is going to do mighty things in your life. And as we are in the series called Define It Right Now, you won't know or you won't grow if you don't know. You won't grow if you don't know. And so the title of this morning's message is The It Factor. The It Factor. You know, you see all these great sports teams, and you see some teams that are amazingly talented, and you see other teams that don't have the talent, but they always seem to win and come out on top, kind of like um, Loyola of Chicago, the basketball team. There's an it factor about them. You know? There's an it factor about that team right now, and, and man, they're playing my Wolverines next weekend, and I'm so... I'm, so, so with the it factor that they have, it brings great concern many times to the teams that are very talented and things like that. Well, the church should have an it factor, amen? The church should have an it factor, and the church does have an it factor. The question is, do you have the it factor in your life? Do you have it? And so the Bible says this in John chapter number 14, verse number 26. When you're there, say, I'm there. This is so important that everybody follows along this morning because it's so powerful of what God's going to do. And so I want you to pray this prayer with me before we get started. Say, Heavenly Father, I've got a mind that can learn, a heart that can understand, and a brain that can comprehend all that you're going to teach me today. And I receive it from your word and from your Holy Spirit that it will transform my life before I leave this place. In Jesus' name. John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, everybody say helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you and so God wants to show you something this morning about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the it factor in the church. The Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father and a gift from Jesus to the church. Now the question I have for you is many times when we mention the term Holy Spirit, a lot of people get very quiet, very standoffish, because it's like you've heard all this stuff and you've seen all the wrong YouTube videos, amen, about what the Holy Spirit is not, but you believe that's what the Holy Spirit is, but if the Bible, if Jesus himself said, I'm going to send someone to help you, I want to receive that as a believer in my life. 
And so in that, I want you to understand, if God is here, and this is a gift from God, and he's saying, I've got a gift for you, and I'm handing you this gift, if you are fearful of receiving the gift, you don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit. You believed a lie about the Father. Because if you won't even receive the gift that the Father has, you're not afraid of the gift. You're afraid of what, what is the Father trying to do to me? He's trying to help you. The Bible said, I got a helper for you, but I don't know about it. So what lie have you believed that the father's not a good, good father and wants to put you into a covenant with better promises, as the Bible has said? So I believe a lot of you really don't have a problem with who the Holy Spirit is. You had just, you've just believed lies about what the father truly is and who the father truly is. And I'm going to tell you this morning that I rebuke every lie that you have believed and I replace it right now saying you, to you he is a good good father and only gives good and precious gifts from above to you amen. Amen. amen if you receive it give him a hand clap of praise and so i want you to know this what is real we do not always feel particularly in the area of the holy spirit because some of you walk into church and you don't feel anointed but the truth is you really are anointed so what you feel is not always real and what is real you do not always feel, and I'm going to tell you this morning, the Bible says this, but the helper, some versions say the comforter, either one of those are great terms to tell you who the Holy Spirit is in your life. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the first thing I want to tell you this morning that it is personal. It is personal. We're talking about what? The it factor. The Holy Spirit is not the it. And I want you to realize this. This is so important. If we do not come to the realization that the Holy Spirit is a person, we will never develop a personal relationship with him. And the it factor is not the Holy Spirit. The it factor is what we'll talk about how the Holy Spirit comes to you in just a minute. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. And really quickly, I'm going to ask my wife to come on up here and get ready as we're defining this. I want you to sh her to share with you, and I'm going to share with you briefly as she's coming this morning, about how we have encountered the Holy Spirit in our life. I was raised Methodist. My wife was raised strict Southern Baptist. You can't get more different than that. Well, maybe there is a little bit more. But you can't hardly get much different than that. Baby, come on over here. And I received the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit... When I was in middle school, in my bedroom, by myself, praying to the Father. And my prayer to the Father, I remember it vividly, almost as vividly as I do my salvation experience, was this. God, I want all that you have for me. And I don't want you to hold back. I want to be all that you've called me to be. And at that moment, I started praying in my personal prayer language. And after about 10 seconds, I stopped and I said, wait a minute. I don't even know what this is. And with the innocence of heart of a, of a seventh or eighth grader, I said, Father, if this is not of you, I want it to stop because I don't want anything that's not of you. But I ask for all of you. So if this is of you, give me great peace about it. Give me comfort. He's the comforter. And ever since then, I've been praying in my prayer language, didn't even find out what it was till I was uh, at, a, at a church on the square, a spirit-filled church, and they said, you gotta get this. And I said, get what? And they said this, and they were talking about their prayer language or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I stopped and I said, I've had that for years. I just didn't know what to call it. 
because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. So I want my wife to quickly tell you her testimony about how she received her baptism in the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Well, when I go into this, I want you to know one thing, is that I am super proud of my heritage and my background and my faith and where I came from. Because here's the deal. If we aren't daily and in our life learning something new, then we're doing it wrong. And so just because you might not have heard about the Holy Spirit or known what the relationship with the Holy Spirit is before you were 30, 40, 50, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to be learning something new. So just move on with what you got, right? So um, I came up in a family that was all about church. And uh, my dad was a pastor. Um, My uncle, my dad's brother was a pastor. Their dad was a pastor. Uh, My grandfather's brother-in-law was a pastor. My mom's brother is currently a pastor. And my cousin is a missionary in China. So it was kind of like there was a legacy already built in. Like there was already something that was going to be happening. So when I was 18, I realized that I was going to, God had already said it in my heart that I was going to marry a pastor. How weird is that, right? And so it's like, okay, all right, I guess this is what we're going to do, you know. And had no clue that within just a few months I'd be meeting Joel Timo. So I am super proud of where I come from because without of where I came from, I wouldn't have found the word. And the word is the seed. And the seed is what gets planted, and that's what you harvest to bring forth and to run this life with a race that you possibly can. So with that said, I met Joel. So all of you have met Joel, so you're probably going to relate to this statement. Um, my world kind of got a little rocked, you know. Um, The only time we probably talked about the Holy Spirit is when somebody got baptized, you know? I baptized you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was it. So we really didn't talk about who he was. I knew that he descended on Jesus like a dove, but that was it. That's all I knew. So when Joel and I met May of 99, within a couple of months, Joel was already telling me about who the Holy Spirit was and that I needed to pray to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit, which I was like, really? You know, like, okay. So, in my mind, Baptist, you know, there's none of this. (laughs) And I'm thinking, ha, 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 like, holy roller thing is about to go on, you know, right? And so, my mind, my personality is that I'm very black and white. I love numbers. I love that they don't lie. I love that they always have to be perfect. That is me. So, for me to go abstract creative, ha, I really have to be in the mood to scrapbook, if you know what I mean. You know, I really have to figure out how to put things in the right place, otherwise my mind doesn't function. So knowing that, knowing what the Holy Spirit is, and Joel leading me through with this prayer, um, it was actually at my house, at my parents' house. He had come back from Brookshire's uh, from working till about 11 o'clock at night, and so we just started talking, and I prayed that prayer and asked the Holy Spirit to live in me and to fill me. And, you know... After that period of time, I'd like to tell you that I was like, woohoo, Holy Spirit, yes, and that was not exactly how it came about because my mind was, all right, God, you're going to have to do this because there ain't nothing in my physical power that's going to do this because I want to know that you're real, like you're real, real, and uh, so I didn't want to be like the fake person, you know, I didn't want to be like, oh, she's doing it just because, you know, that's, oh, that's what you're supposed to do, no, I wanted the Holy Spirit to like, lay me out. Like, Holy Spirit, make me speak a new tongue. 
I had heard stories of my cousin who was from China, like he was at the altar praying, and he just began speaking Spanish to someone that was next to him under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome, you know? And so I was like, do that to me. And so, because I was wanting him to just instantly do that. But here's the deal. The power of the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to do it against your will. And I was wanting him to do it against my will because I was like, you're going to have to do this the way that I want you to do this. But here was my problem. I didn't want to look silly in the process. I didn't want to feel uncomfortable in the process. And so I had to become okay with who I am. I had to become okay with the person that raised their hands. Because I can tell you it took me a while to do this. Because, you know, you kind of start out like this. And then maybe it's one hand by your head. And then after you're like, okay, seriously, if you can get this high, all in it. You know? So it's like, okay, I think I can do this. And then, you know, it's like just getting lost in worship because that's where my it is. That's where my place is. My it factor is worship. And so you might see me a little bit more, you know, like dancing up here sometimes, but it's because I can close my eyes and I can get lost in his presence. That's how I get into that. And so I want you to know that even when we are struggling in our walk, every little bit of faith that you can make just to get a little bit closer to him and a little bit closer to him because 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where there is there, where the Spirit is, there is freedom. And when you have freedom to move in Him and the freedom to hear from Him, there's like so much of your flesh just goes away, and you can just see Him sitting on the throne right there. And it's like you have a one-on-one communication with Him. That is so evident and so awesome. So even if you are in a moment, in a place where it's like, Lord, I I just don't know what to do. I'm stuck and I feel like I need to have a death grip on the chair in front of me because I don't want to feel like I'm out of control. But he's a gentleman. Even if it's here. That's something. Just to let him talk to you because that's really all it's about is the relationship between you and him. Not everybody else in this room. It's about you and him. So please be encouraged and know that even if this black and white girl that can just get it on with Jesus, whereas this one over here seems to just had it right on. So it's okay. It's okay. We're all different and made in God's image, right? Amen. Amen. I wanted to start out this morning sharing a couple testimonies of my personal experience and uh, my wife have her share her personal experience because I wanted it to bring a certain level of comfort into the house. Yeah. You know, that you don't have to be like somebody else. You don't have to go to some far off Bible school to receive the power of God. But as you begin to walk in the power of God, you'll begin to walk in it more and more and more and more and begin to do amazing things that you've never done before. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, I got a lot of ground to cover, Okay. But I'm not going to rush it at the expense of just trying to finish you in a sermon. So I need you to download the app and get all the notes. Also, I want you to write this name down. Robert Morris. Robert Morris. And YouTube, my best friend, the Holy Spirit. It's a six-week uh, series that he did. And it's an amazing series that is so biblically based that it'll give you a lot of great insight on the Holy Spirit and who he is in your life. And so I want to tell you this morning that it is personal. If we do not come to the realization that the Holy Spirit 
um, that the Holy Spirit is a person, we will never develop a personal relationship with Him. Now, since we are in the Define It series, Holy Spirit, the literal Bible definition, means parakletos. And in the Greek, it only appears five times in the Bible. But the life application of this, it means helper or comforter. And I don't know about you, but in my day-to-day walk, I need a helper a lot of times and more often than not. And when I think I don't need the helper, I actually need him more then than when I think I need him. Right? Because anything I try to do in my own power doesn't work. And so in John 14, 16, it mentions the helper. In John 14, 26, it mentions the helper. In John 15, 26, the Bible mentions the helper. In John 16, 7, he mentions the helper. And four out of the five times that he mentions the helper appear during when? The Lord's Supper. As Jesus is telling them, hey, I'm about to have to go. And the disciples are freaking out saying, you can't go. You can't go. And then he's like, no, it's better that I go. Are you kidding me, Jesus? You said it's better that you go because he's going to send the helper. And you got to realize if Jesus himself said, it's better that I go so I can send the helper who doesn't just have to be at one place at one time with you. It is the very spirit of God himself that can be all places at all times, it'll transform your life. Now listen, I want to talk to you very uh, briefly this morning about the Trinity, God, who He is. You have God, and there's three different names for God. You got God the Father. The Father is His descriptive role. You got God the Son. The Son is His descriptive role. You got God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the descriptive term for the function of His role in the Trinity. So it doesn't mean that it's weird, it just means He is God. And there's three parts to God. You got God who is the Father, and that's his descriptive role for what he did. You got God who is the Son, Jesus Christ, that's the descriptive role for what he did. And now you have God who is the Holy Spirit, three people, one, one, one being called God that operates in your life. Now, how does that realistically work? Well, look at me for a moment. Joel is a father. I got two sons. Joel's also a son, because I had parents and I had to be born, right? So I'm automatically a son. But then also, I have the gifting or calling of God on my life. So those are three different descriptions for who? Joel. Now, you don't see three of the me walking around. You see it's Joel. But Joel is taking, occupying all three parts all at once, all at the same time. So I'm a father, I'm a son, and I work in my gifting of the Spirit of God. And so the Trinity is the same thing. You got God who operates in the, in the role of the Father. You got God who also operates in the role of the Son and also in the role of the Spirit where the Spirit of God now can move in every one of our lives and do it simultaneously and transform the world that we live in. Isn't he such a good God? And so I hope that brings some clarity. How can he be all three at once? Well, you're more than three things at once. Many of you, if you have kids, you're a father or a mother. If you were born, you're a daughter or a son. And some of you are a full-time employee, and you're also a full-time soccer mom, and you're also a full-time dad baseball coach. And so you're a bunch of things all at once. And so in this, I want you to realize that God is not weird in how he describes who he is. You just got to realize who the Holy Spirit is in the descriptive roles. Now, I also want to talk to you that it is personal, but you also got to realize that it, what is it, this baptism that we're talking about, it is real. Now, there's three types of baptisms that we got to address here this morning. You have, number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have the baptism in water. But then you have the baptism that Jesus does. He baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to clarify these three real quick. And if you don't download the notes, you're going to do yourself a great disservice because you need to go back and get this as revelatory knowledge in your life. So the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit is the baptism into the body of Christ. This happens when you get born again. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 talks about it. It says this, verse 13. It says in the New King James Version, which is the, the, the best version of this verse, it says, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. So when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came in your life as a deposit guaranteeing your salvation, and he baptized you into the body of Christ. Therefore, the Bible says, therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. All this is from God. So if you are born again, and people say, a lot of people say, well, didn't I get the Holy Spirit when I was born again? You got the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you were born again because the Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ. He came into your heart. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you as a deposit guaranteeing your salvation. And so with that, you've got to realize uh, the, the grammar that it is when you read the Bible. So you have the baptism that the Holy Spirit does into the body of Christ. You also had a great example of what we saw this morning, water baptism. What is water baptism? It's your baptism in the water. Baptizo means to identify with. So when you get born again, you know that your first life application of your transformation should be water baptism because it shows you are applying to your physical nature, the cutting off of the old man, what the Holy Spirit did into your nature when he baptized you into the body of Christ. Because therefore you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, baptized into the body of Christ. Why do we get water baptized? You're baptized in water to show that you're living out a life application of your inward transformation. And so I always like to say it like this. The Holy Spirit in me is for me. The Holy Spirit on me is for you. The Holy Spirit in me is for me. The Holy Spirit on me is for the world around me. And so now we're getting to the, the water baptism, and we know this. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They're still all God, but you're baptizing in all three. Now here's the baptism that Jesus does. So after you're born again into the body of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, baptized you into Christ, New creation in Christ Jesus, the oldest God new has come. You come over to the water, you get baptized in water. John said, I baptize you in water for repentance. One after me will come. He, talking about Jesus, will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, now listen to this. In Matthew 3.11, it says that, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, who is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now listen, Mark 1.8 also says it. I have baptized you with water, John says, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1.33, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is so key, God, that's so good. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So you got 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It says the Holy Spirit baptizes you. But in all four of the Gospels, it says Jesus wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit, and there's a power that comes with it. 
Now, the great thing is, being in the new covenant built on better promises, the Bible says in John, he whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. Remember the whole thing about defining it is we want fruit that remains. He whom the Spirit descends on and remains, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire because in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would descend on and then lift off. Descend on and then lift off. But when the Son of God came, the Spirit of God could descend on and remain to go and do all the stuff that God was calling him to do. Now listen, this is so theologically awesome because there are very few things that are mentioned all four times in all four Gospels. You got the birth, the death, the resurrection, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, the Bible says everything must be confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses. So when you have three Gospels that mention it, it means it's theological. It's great theological saying. When four mention it, it's doctrine. It's one of the doctrines of the church. Uh, Not not just TWBC, but the the, the body of Christ church, the church as large. And so I'm telling you, I'm trying to overprove my point that it is real. (laughs) It is powerful. The Holy Spirit is not the it. The baptism that Jesus wants to give you into him is the it factor for the church. That God wants us to walk in with power and might. And so 1 Corinthians 12 and Matthew 3 are not just grammatically different, they're theologically different. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the one baptizing. In the, in the four Gospels, it says Jesus is the one baptizing. So Jesus wants to baptize you into his spirit, the very spirit of God that he wants to come upon the church. The Holy Spirit wants to baptize you into Christ, and Christ wants to baptize you into the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this, that a lot of churches today put up this big controversy thinking that the Holy Spirit is in competition with the resurrection, and that is just not true. The resurrection had to happen so we could have the Holy Spirit come. This is even spelled out very clearly in the Old Testament. This isn't in my notes, but the Bible says when God was meeting with Abraham, he said, take a heifer, a, 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 a bull, and no, um, a heifer, a goat, and a, and a ram, and then a pigeon and a dove, and I want you to divide the top three down the middle for a sacrifice, but the birds don't do it. So in the Old Testament, he's already telling that the ram or the lamb that was slain as the sacrifice, upon that you have the water baptism, which represents the pigeon, but also the turtle dove that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus as a dove. And they weren't split because they were a part of the prior covenant with the, with the lamb or the ram. So I want you to understand so clearly that it is real. It's not just personal, it is real. And here's some scripture for you right quick. People received all three baptisms in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. They received all three baptisms. Baptism into the body of Christ, baptism into water, also baptism with the Holy Spirit, into the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter number number 8, same time frame. A few days later, a few weeks later, as the church began to grow, it happens again. They were baptized into the body of Christ. They got born again. They were baptized into water. But then Jesus baptized them into the Holy Spirit. Now listen, Acts chapter 19 is a long way removed from Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, there was a baptism into the body of Christ, a baptism with water, and the question is asked, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, we have not even heard of such the Holy Spirit such as a lot of our lives. We've heard the name, but we haven't heard who he truly is to us. And they said they baptized them into the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter number 19, verses 1 through 6. Now listen, 
Yeah, we're going to go there. I'm going to stop right quick. I want you to know this is something we believed from the beginning in the inception of TWBC. This is not some weird, flaky, cracker movement that we're just trying to incorporate into our church. This is something that has been in our statement of faith since day one. It is in the original founding bylaws and documents of our church. It is the one thing about this church that has not changed out of all the changes you've seen at TWBC and all the changes that God's going to continue to do and grow as the church continues to grow and buildings are built and things happen and change, the things that will stay the same are we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe he is the son of God. We believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection. We believe in that, that, that he established a new and better covenant. And with that comes the baptism into the Holy Spirit after you've been baptized in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit with, we believe, an immersion water baptism. And so we have believed this from the beginning. Some of you may be here under the impression, wow, he's teaching on this and this is, uh, they're changing to be one of them churches. No, you've been at this church. You felt at home at this church. You got planted at this church. And now that this revelatory knowledge is coming to you, some of you are thinking, is this still for me? And my answer is absolutely. This is still the place for you. Okay? So I just want to put you at ease. This is something that, we, that the church has been founded on this concept and this doctrine. Now listen, I want to read to this uh, out of the New King James Version of the Bible, 1 John 5, verses 7 and 8. It says, there are three that bear witness, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, just the descriptive role. Now listen to this next part. There are three that bear witness on earth. Now, now catch this. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. The blood is salvation. The blood of Jesus is still speaking on behalf of you and me today. You're going to hear about that Wednesday night at our communion service before Easter. The water is the water baptism. Baptized in water. The final one is the spirit. So the very same spirit that is in heaven bearing witness is the same spirit with us bearing witness. Notice Jesus, the Bible says, is seated at the right hand of God interceding for you and me. So Jesus doesn't bear witness in the earth. His blood does. But Jesus personally is bearing witness in heaven, standing for you and me. His blood is bearing witness in the earth because he was crucified, resurrected, and his blood has power. Amen. But the Spirit of God, that descriptive role of God himself, is what bears witness with us here in the earth. The Bible says uh, that, that in Galatians, to walk in the Spirit. And so that's how believers will know that we are truly all believers because the, we were baptized into one body by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus baptizes you into that Holy Spirit in your life. And so I want to encourage you that when you're saved, it's the new creation in Christ. The water baptism is the cutting off of the old man. Spirit baptism is your walking out of the power of the new life that you have been given. He is your helper. He is the one who does it. So I want to bring the final point to this. It is for us. It is for us. Now listen, the Bible says this in John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now Pastor Jeff helped me get this together, so I'm going to let him come up here and do the, do the awesomeness of it. Now, I want to show you something real quick. Jesus said, I am come that you would have life. 
Before you were born again, you were empty. He filled you up. Okay? The water baptism that you went into is the cutting off of the old flesh. That's why there is no wrapper on the outside of here. That and I didn't want to advertise for Coca-Cola products, right? <laughs> so you got filled up with Christ. Old you came off and new you is here. And that's where a lot of us have stopped in the body of Christ. But what is the baptism, the gift that Jesus wants to give us? The gift that he wants to give us, and this is where the it factor come in, comes in. I have come that they may have life and have it, everybody say it, it. have it more abundantly. What does more abundantly look like? If it's already full, what does more abundantly look like? This is what, what, what the Mentos is to the cola, is what the Spirit of God is to the believer. We got it. You did good, man. It, it, it's that simple. And some of you are literally thinking, it's got to be harder than that. It's got to be more than that. No, it's simply saying, Jesus, I receive the gift, and when it comes upon me, I will spring forth a new life. Jesus said all through the gospel, he said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And everything that you do. So what is the it factor? The it factor is you. The it factor is you being baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Bible says he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. So there's a passion that's going to come upon you. There's something amazing that's going to begin to work in your life. And listen, go back to the prior testimonies that you heard. My testimony, my wife's testimony. I don't believe he's going to throw you on the ground in the middle of Walmart and have you do all this crazy, whacked out stuff. But the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So I do believe he will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. And I want you to go back and read John 14. And in my notes, I got a bunch of stuff called bonus material. Because the Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Walk in the Spirit. In verse 22, it shows what it looks like. The fruit of walking in the Spirit is not prophecy miracles, signs, wonders, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. The walk in the Spirit is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now with that, you cannot discount the gifts that come with the Spirit of God. The miracles, the words of prophecy, the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge. And I want to show you something really quick. Um, if you line up love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all the way down, and then right across from it, you put the gifts. You got word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, healings, and workings of miracle. If you're not walking in love, the word of knowledge will be no good to you. Because you'll use it as judgmental and abusive. So don't expect to get the gift of the word of knowledge if you're not going to walk in the love that it takes to carry it out. I also want to tell you this. You have discerning of spirits. And you have peace. If all you do is saying, oh, I'm just discerning of spirits and you got this, this. If you're not bringing peace to the situation, I would say you need to go back and question, are you operating in the fruit and are you capable of handling the gift? Because there are a lot of people who think they're capable of handling a gift. And Jesus himself said this, Lord, Lord, he'll say, on that day I'll say, I never knew you. And you'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these things in your name? He's going to say, I never knew you. Now listen, I'm going to go real quick. You got word of wisdom. 
Love, joy, I'm sorry, uh, the discerning experience should bring joy. Word of wisdom should bring peace. If I were to give Mike a word of wisdom concerning his business and it brings peace into his life, I, I can testify that's from God. If I give him a word of wisdom and all it does is throw him in turmoil and chaos, we need to go back and talk about this word. He needs to be bold enough to say, Pastor, that didn't sit well and it's only done anything but destroy me. I need to check and make sure I did it in the right spirit of God. Because listen, you can, Jesus can baptize you in the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't need to be the one and only time it gets done. You need to continually have this happen in your life. I pray for it every time I get up to preach. I'll pray for it before I did this service, and I'll pray for it again before second service. And I want you to hear this, the gift of prophecy. You got love, joy, peace, patience. If you are operating in the gifts of prophecy and you don't have patience, I'm telling you, you are going to be one frustrated prophet. I'm telling you. Because it says the vision waits an appointed time. And, and bless all you people who have this and can operate in this, in the gift of prophecy. Also, the office of prophet, two different things. We'll go over it another time. But if you don't have patience, boy, you are going to drive yourself crazy. Because yeah. it waits an appointed time. And you've got to be mature enough, patient enough to know it. Listen, tongues. <laughs> kindness. The Bible said it's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. Yeah. And then it's goodness. You've got kindness and goodness. The goodness of God is the interpretation of it. He's kind enough to give you the tongue, but he's also good enough to tell you what it means. Yeah. Is that not good stuff? I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Mitch, I want you to come on up with the worship team. I know you did me great grace this morning. I appreciate that. You have faith, and faith lines up with faithfulness. A lot of people want to do operations uh, uh, and miracles of faith, but you hadn't been faithful to him. I mean, do, do you see how the fruit lines up with the gift, and the gift lines up with the fruit so, so, so powerful? So you got faithfulness. Then you got gentleness. The healing power of God should be gentle and soothing to the spirit, physically and emotionally, the person it's done on. There was a, a, a YouTube link I was tagged in. It says, when your pastor thought he missed his calling for the WWE and he's just slamming people in a baptistry, right? All y'all seen that? I'm just saying, when I read the Bible and I look at it, healings line up with gentleness. Oh, he wants to touch your heart in a gentle way. And then finally on this, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. The working of miracles, if it doesn't line up with a disciplined lifestyle, your life will end up looking like a YouTube video. Man, I'm telling you, I believe in miracles more than anything. And the greatest miracle God has ever done in me is, learn to, is teach me the ability to control this ungodly tongue and control this ungodly mind. And with that, coming under control of the Spirit of God in my life, I've been able to lay my hands on people because when I shut up, He can speak. Right? And I've laid my hands on people and I've seen miracles happen. I've seen God do mighty works, so I believe in it all. But I also believe it needs to be defined out. And there is an it factor this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning. You can, I want the prayer team to begin to come. And in just a moment, when I say amen, and usually I don't do this, but I am this morning. When I say amen, I want you to be able to come and pray on your own or pray with one of us up here. You want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. You can't get the baptism into the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. You've got to have the, 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 the receiving of salvation into the body of Christ before anything. And the Bible says you're born again. You're a new creation in Christ. So if you need to be born again this morning, come and pray with any of these ministers up here. They'll be happy to pray with you.
They'll also be happy to lead you in the communion, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need to pray on your own or pray with one of us, the altars are open. But I'm not going to miss this opportunity this morning. And I'm telling you now, you do not have to pray this prayer. I'm telling you now, you don't have to. But I'm also offering it to you if you want to. And if you want to be, have Jesus baptize you into the Holy Spirit, we're going to give you the opportunity right here this morning. So I am going to ask you to be what I always say not to be. Uh, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Just hold your hands straight out in front of you. Pray this prayer with me if you want to. If not, pray it at home when you have had time to pray about praying this prayer. <laughs> but I'm not going to miss the opportunity for you to be filled with a gift that Jesus has for us. And like I said, if you don't feel comfortable praying it, don't. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll wait on you. But I'm telling you, passionately pursue him. Because it is personal. So pray this prayer with me if you want to. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. And with that, I've been baptized into Christ, the body of Christ. I also believe in water baptism, which is the cutting off of the old me. But today I've learned that there's a baptism that Jesus has for me. Baptizing me in the Holy Spirit so I can produce the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Now hold on, don't repeat this. Some of you, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray this again because you need it more than once. You need it continually. You need a fresh and filling all the days of your life to keep overflowing. Some of you, if you've never prayed this before, it's going to be your first time. But you're not going to be alone in praying it because I'm going to pray it right along with you. Others around you that have already received it are going to pray it right along with you. And this is called the application of the word of God that walks out the transformation of what you believed about Jesus and his resurrection. So continue to pray with me. Father, you're a good, good father. And I want all that you have for me. So right now, I receive my baptism into the Holy Spirit and all the fruit that comes with it and all the miracle signs and wonders that come with it. I completely surrender to you. I am fully yours. So right now, I receive the baptism into the Holy Spirit with fire to change the world around me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.